We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van So good to see you, my friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet. And if there was ever a perfect time to have Drew McIntyre on the show, I feel like this would be it. Tickets just went on sale for WrestleMania 39 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Clash at the Castle is just a few weeks away. And it's the first major stadium show in the UK since SummerSlam 1992. Yeah, 30 years ago. And Drew's story is such an interesting one. We get into it quite a bit here, but if you rewind back to 2014, he was part of 3MB with Heath Slater and Jinder Mahal, and then he got released. And then he went on to reinvent himself into the Drew McIntyre that we know and we see today. And he's an absolute beast. And as you'll see in this conversation, he's a heck of a nice guy too. If you could, please leave a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps the show grow. And do me a solid and take a screenshot of this episode. Tag us on social media so we know you're listening and tag us so we can share it as well. How cool would that be to get a retweet from Drew McIntyre? He's at D McIntyre WWE. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And here we go. It's me and Drew McIntyre. I've wanted to do this for so long. So, Drew, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. No, thank you very much for having me. I feel like we've done this many times. I've spoke to a lot of people multiple times, but I guess I've just seen multiple interviews you've conducted. So, yeah, let's do this thing right. Well, this is our first. Yeah, I was just at WrestleMania a few months ago, and I can't believe we're already talking about WrestleMania tickets being on sale for next year. It's wild. It's wild, but the machine never stops. WWE, 52 weeks a year, no reruns, no off seasons, and it all peaks at WrestleMania. And even though we just finished WrestleMania up not too long ago, and I'm still in a high from it, the AT&T Stadium was unbelievable. The crowd were unbelievable. Managed to cut those top two ropes. Maybe it was only supposed to be one rope, but it could have went. It could have been a disaster, and I could have cut no ropes. Everyone seems to think the ropes were like rigged; they were going to, uh, you know, split apart on command. They weren't. It was real ropes. It was a sword. It was extremely sharp, and I had to hit it perfect. And thank God, it worked out in the end. So next year, I'm looking to make a big, big moment when WrestleMania once again goes Hollywood. 
I feel like when you walk around with that sword, like people must be terrified because that thing does seem like super sharp. It is super sharp. I don't know if I could technically take it into battle if I was, you know, living back in the, the old Scottish days, if I was side by side with William Wallace, it might, you know, end up getting bent as we saw one time where I swung it too hard and, you know, it technically had a bend in it, but it is extremely sharp. It does do some damage and I try to reiterate that whenever I can when fans are reaching out to slap hands with me, but they're not just reaching for my hand, they're reaching to touch the sword and I'm like, did you see what happened at Mania? Did you see when I cut the rope with Seamus? I want to show you this thing is sharp for real and you're going to lose a finger. So we're about the same age, so I'm so curious for you growing up what was the WrestleMania match, the WrestleMania moment that you just loved? It was countless um, for me. Um, you know, like yourself, I was completely obsessed, you know, watched everything I could get my hands on. And WrestleMania was such an important event every single year for my brother and I to stay awake till one, two o'clock in the morning on a school night um, and be very tired at school the next day. It was always, you know, a very big event for us. And some of the big memories as a kid for me, as a Bret Hart fan, um, who, again, as soon as Bret was on the the losing side of a really big one, one of my earliest memories were Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels wrestling me at 12. One of my good friends at school was a Shawn guy. I was a Bret guy. The next day, he kind of rubbed it in about the result, and I might have beat him up at school because of it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible match, uh, one of the best matches of all time from a storyline, storytelling perspective, physicality perspective, and the double turn at the end, just unbelievable. I remember how much I loved the theatrics, the resume of 14 of Undertaker Kane, the first match, the build, you know, Taker's entrance, just Kane's presentation and story overall, and just these two monsters going at it. And I can go on and on and on, but yeah. just off the top of my head, these are the three that just popped right in there. Three pretty great ones. You know, when people talk about WrestleMania moments, a lot of people go, man, WrestleMania 36. I wish Drew could have got his WrestleMania moment in front of the crowd. Do you feel like it was still a WrestleMania moment for you? It was for sure. Um, and people will remember the WrestleMania when the world stood still. Sadly, they're probably not going to be in a hurry to watch it back <laughs> on the on the network and Peacock. Um but they're going to remember it. Um, that was such a scary time for the world. Um, we had a lot of questions, we had a lot of fear going on, and WWE pushed ahead and gave the world that escape. And as upset and angry as I was initially, once I understood the gravity of the situation, I was very proud of WWE for putting on WrestleMania over two days for the first time ever. But more specifically, myself being in the main event, my first ever title match, this feel-good story going in, and I knew you know, me winning the title could make a lot of people happy, which it did. You know, the social media um, interaction was up 60% from the year prior. There was just unbelievable viewing numbers for that. And it did take people's mind off uh, what was going on in the world during that time. So I am very proud of it. At the same time, I was still looking for that big moment with the live audience winning that title because I'm a two-time WWE champion. But I've not held the title in front of live fans, which I don't think anyone can claim. And as proud as I am of that, I won that title in front of fans. Well, I mean, maybe it's a clash of the castle. Like maybe that's the big moment, like in front of fans. How proud are you that WWE is going back to the UK for the first big show in front of a huge crowd for the first time in 30 years? This is when I say like, you know, I dreamt of moments when I was a kid. I dreamt of main event and you know, WrestleMania. I dreamt of 
all these big moments that seemed attainable that in my mind were attainable. Nobody else believed I could do it <laughs> coming from Scotland That's to funny. WWE. But um, the idea of main eventing a UK stadium show, the level of SummerSlam 92 didn't seem possible because they didn't run UK stadium shows. This is something I actively talked about, actively pursued, actively asked questions about for years especially when I became WWE champion and I had a lot more media going on at the time, especially high profile media. And I mentioned it all the freaking time. And thankfully, I guess there were some talks going on um, within, you know, behind closed doors that I didn't know about. And it got to the point I'd been talking about it so much. Somebody had to say to me, do you know something you shouldn't know? I like, nope. I know nothing. I've just got certain goals that I've been pushing for a while. So you do what you're doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. Hopefully it'll work out. And, Thankfully, you know, it worked out. I got involved in the process eventually and it's happening now and I'm so proud of it. I'd love to take the whole credit for it, but it's the unsung heroes behind closed doors that work at WWE that make these things happen. Just the problem would have been if it did happen and nobody cared and nobody bought tickets. I kind of need a public scapegoat and the fans that go, McIntyre, you were wrong, you idiot. And the blame would fall here. So I'm very glad that it worked out and even um, happier, proud, don't have the word that I'm main eventing and fighting for the title in that first UK stadium show in 30 years. If this goes well, do you think we might see WrestleMania in the UK some point soon? Like, yeah, I can't see why not. Um, I mean, I'm not going to talk about numbers that I've heard um, at the moment until they're official, but we've seen the numbers that have been released and um, just the demand for the tickets broke records initially. And right now we're on course for some big, big numbers from a business perspective, but for people watching, for the fan tuning in to watch uh, the Clash of the Castle and you see the live audience and just how loud and rowdy and crazy they are with the chants that we've seen in the past when Ron Smackdown, you know, I've came from the UK. Like, I think, I know a lot of people are going to go, why on earth don't we do WrestleMania there? Imagine um, how crazy it's going to be having not just those wild UK fans, but people come from all across the world and joining in the atmosphere, the passion and the insanity of the UK fans. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you talk to your friends and your family back home now, do they go, Drew, what happened? You sound like you have an American accent now, or you've lost your accent. Do you hear, do you, do you hear of an American accent? Of course I hear. Yeah. I mean, you, you sound Scottish, but. Yes. You, like everyone else on earth. Yeah. Everyone else on earth. Like I'm sure you, maybe you've talked to people like, with thicker Scottish accents in the past or heard what Scotland tend to say <laughs> when I talk. I've been there. I was like, uh, p- pardon me. Exactly. Every single person in Scotland has the thickest accent on planet earth, even though we only talk English and people have said to me multiple times, especially when I first moved here, you speak really good English. I was a freaking hope. So it's the only language I talk, but we have these extremely thick accents. Like uh, we mumble most of us. We use a lot of slang and I had to really work on it to the point where Vincent Mann told me when I was 24, you know, we're going to have to get you elocution lessons through after I gave him this passionate speech about my ideas and what I want to do for the company. And that was the retort. I think we're going to have to get your elocution lessons. So I worked on it. I, you know, spent a lot of time learning to slow down, especially the time away from WWE, you know, how to make myself understood in these kind of interviews on the microphone, get comfortable in those situations. Cause I know how important it is. And when I finally honed it, when I finally felt good about myself and the whole world was saying that, man, you know, Drew's a very confident talker. He's really improved that area of his game. I had Scotland to bring me back down to earth and say, why are you talking like that? Why are you not talking like this now? <laughs> that's why. That's why. <laughs> understand us. I'm so proud to be from Scotland, but nobody understands us. So I have to soften the accent, make it a little less harsh. I feel like the Drew McIntyre that's sitting in front of me right now is like a very different man than the one who left WWE in 2014. What was the like first step in the reinvention process to get to where you're at now? There's a lot of steps. Thankfully, I have a book available, Chosen Destiny. You can check out all the details. (laughs) But um, step one, um, as my wife reminded me, you know, wasn't just, I'm going to take over the wrestling world outside of WWE and redefine what it means to be an independent wrestler. Um, I'd like to say that, and I did say that, but my wife reminded me, no, you were full of anxiety, fear, uncertainty. You've been in 3MB for a long time, so you hadn't had any significant matches or significant interviews. I really never had significant interviews because I always read from the script line by line. Mm. Never put myself into um, So I was very nervous, but I did believe this is what I was meant to do. I did believe I had something to give. I did believe I could go out there and make a name for myself and really reinvent Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway. And right away, I knew I had to go back to Scotland to get my mission statement out to Insane Championship Wrestling, ICW, where all my friends were that I started with. But business was on the you know the upswing in the UK. They were doing amazing. They had their biggest show of the year at 1,500 people there. It was three weeks after I got released. And I told the promoter, Mark Dallas, you know, everyone's contacting me. You haven't contacted me. Why is that? So I thought my friend would be upset. He was fired. So I should give him a moment before I start trying to book him in a wrestling show. That's not real life. Because I appreciate that, but I want to be on the show in three weeks. But I want to keep it a secret. So, you know, he started out the travel. We kept a secret between about three people. I showed up in Scotland and a famous clip online. If you've not seen it, check out Drew Galloway returns to ICW. I spoke for 20 full minutes unscripted, just said everything I was feeling at the time. And it got such an insane response afterwards. It felt so good to get it out. It felt so good to be myself. I said some bold comments in there. You know, I'm going to show you the real Drew Galloway. Um, I'm going to take over this world as far as I'm concerned. And I'm going to put ICW on the map. This little company is going to help uh, take over the world. A lot of people watched and went, oh, my God, look at this guy. This is incredible. He's going to do such big things, including Mick Foley, who went on Stone Cold's podcast and talked about me. He texted Triple H and said, you have to keep an eye on Drew. 
then there was the other people who had watched me in 3MB and said, this 3MP guy's out of his mind, <laughs> sick of this stuff. He's not going to do anything. But that was phase one. And then I literally looked myself in the mirror and said, it was a tough few years, these last few years in WWE, professionally, but especially personally. In the end, it's on you for not, um, you know, getting the help you needed personally, but also working as hard as you could professionally. You'd have been happy to be the water boy at one point. You forgot um, you know, why you came here. You lost perspective. Never let that happen again. And I worked as hard as I could. Left no stone unturned. My saying now is be accountable to one person and one person only. Social media. <laughs> don't listen to freaking social media ever. Everyone out there, chief, please don't listen to it. The person in the mirror, that's the only person you answer to. And that is the only person I did answer to. Yeah. Um, aside, you know, the wife, because I still had areas I had to improve upon. You know, the partying wasn't gone yet. I was still burning the candle at both ends, but I took every book and I could. I got as good as I could. Was lucky enough that people believed in me, gave me a platform uh, to apply my craft, to learn to become a leader, to get confident in the microphone, confident in the ring, and built myself into a place where I was ready. The guy who was faking it in the beginning till he made it, everyone else believed in, finally believed in himself, finally became what Vincent saw all those years ago, Triple H saw those years ago, and I finally became, you know, the real Drew um, that I could be. Once, uh, I'm talking about professionally, once uh, I broke my neck that one time, you might have heard about, <laughs> I had to sit at home for eight weeks for the first time in my life. I had to come to, come to Jesus, talk with the wife, and we talked about the partying and going out and how I'm giving it my all, but I'm not giving it my all. And mm. I finally said, sir, you know what? You're right. As successful as I am right now. My brother referred to me as a verb to do it, Drew, leave WWE and become more successful, which was very cool. Um, I still had a ways to go. I looked in the mirror, looked at my body and said, you can step in the ring with Brock Lesnar right now, the biggest attraction at the time. And people would look at that image and go, he can beat Brock. You got to work on the body. You got to cut out, cut out the negative stuff. So I cut out the party that I was doing all the time. Within a few months of changing my diet up, my training up, my body changed dramatically. And then I saw myself in the mirror and went, that's the guy who's ready to take on the world. I figured it would be Japan, but I took a conversation, a phone call with Triple H. And after that phone call, I knew it was time to go back to WWE. And look at you now. That's an amazing story, by the way. As we Sorry. wrap this up. Sometimes I talk, I talk, I talk. I, was, I wish we had an hour. Uh, this, that was, that'd be amazing. We were all very surprised to see Karrion Cross on SmackDown. How surprised were you to see him? I was very surprised uh, to see him. <laughs> uh, I didn't know until the very last second that for, you know, we can say a little more here than we say in general. But um, let's just say as somebody who's worked hard for an opportunity, uh, deserves that opportunity and is getting the biggest opportunity of his career. Fortunately for him, it's not going to come at Drew McIntyre's expense. <laughs> Drew, such a pleasure to talk with you. I'm so glad we could make this happen. And congratulations on everything. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad this is phase one, but we'll get one of the long form interviews eventually. And uh, you'll be like, man, this was my first ever four hour interview. When I let Drew go, he just goes and goes and goes. It's kind of no, it'll be it'll be like WrestleMania. It'll be a two day event. It'll have to be a two day event, but like no break in between. It'll be like the former WrestleMania of seven hours, but <laughs> 14 hours in total. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. And I'll see you all at WrestleMania so far. That's what we're talking about today. Tickets are on sale now. <laughs> there we go. Drew McIntyre. What a guy. And you heard him. Our next interview together is going to break the record for the longest episode of Inside Ever, which I think that record right now belongs to Austin Aries and the interview that we did. Wow. At the end of 2019. That's almost three years ago. Hmm. 
What do you think? Should we do another Austin Aries episode? Is that, would you guys want to see that? Hmm. Big thank you to Drew for joining us. Of course, we couldn't do this without you. So thank you for being with us on this audio adventure, wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, driving to work, maybe you're at work, you're doing cardio, you're walking the dog, you're cooking, whatever it is. Thank you. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please take a second to do that today. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you happen to be listening on there. We talked about reinvention during this episode. And I love his story so much. George Eliot said it best. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Be great and be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.